Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. All right. Hello, hello, hello. So it is the end of the week, and do we know what happens at the end of the week? The weekend? It's playtime. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Nancy. (laughs) Someone read the script. (laughs) What? There's a script? (laughs) So I just want to welcome all of you to It's Playtime. Usually it's it's, um, Cindy and myself, but... um, Cindy, Cindy has left us to go chat with the California Council of the Blind Convention, and which is going to be a great convention, but I'm really glad that you're tuned in to us very selfishly. So, <laughs> so welcome to It's Playtime, and I've got Nat, who is hosting, Hi. And, um, and Jeff, who is streaming, and then my very special guest, who I've asked to be in the hall hot seat today and she can handle it nancy hello hi nancy you're, you're oh, yeah. a very special guest that nobody knows right the no- <laughs> <laughs> we know you you ask questions on the D D call so I you do. know you have you have community cred <laughs> <laughs> and i heard shannon i'm just really glad that everybody that you all are here and we'll just keep it really very casual and informal just asking people on zoom to stay muted for a little while and then we're, we will pepper nancy with all of the questions so nancy oh yeah and i'm mika <laughs> in case you're in case you're new to this i'm mika, mika who everybody knows i mean <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true it's and if, if people ever come to like a convention in person with me, I just want you to know that everyone, if you hang out with me, everyone will know you as well. <laughs> <laughs> and because I definitely am like, well, hi guys, this is Nancy. Nancy, this is blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And here's, <laughs> but um, so this week has felt like it has just dragged on forever. So I'm really, really glad for the weekend and Nancy, super glad to have you here. And so, Nancy, you play a lot of games. Yes, that's true. Like a lot. <laughs> I'm not I, exaggerating. I think I've brailed over 200 now, yes. So, like, that is impressive. <laughs> um, so, could you just kind of tell us kind of how you got into gaming and some of the, um, and some of the types of games that you play? Well... I think gaming, I guess, has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. Um, You know, my friends and I used to play War and um, Crazy Eights when riding to school on the bus, right? We would just pull out the cards and uh, we'd sit there and play. And then a friend of mine, his name is Kevin, he taught me chess. And I don't know why he liked playing against me. Well, maybe I do, because um, he eventually was rated. He actually got trained by a chess professional. And he, I was one of those people who lost to him in four moves. Uh, you can do that in chess. And I was able to do that. And I've never liked the game since. Uh, I, I remember reading in, in middle school, like this book, Chess Beginner to Expert. And I thought, I'll learn. I'll learn myself and I'll be a better opponent for Kevin. Nope. Test, nope, test. Nope. Never happened. 
Oh, my goodness. So that was terrible. So you would think that I was like, no, I don't want to play games anymore. But um, instead, my aunt taught me poker, and I used to play with the family. We used Braille cards. And uh, and I ended up, the first time I played, I ended up winning like $25. And I was like 12, and that was a lot of money back in, gosh, what, 1980? I shouldn't tell you that. Anyway, it was a lot of money. <laughs> and I have no idea to this day whether she she and the others let me win or it you know, was a trick and they took all my money later, but that's what I remember. And so, um, but all of it was pretty conventional games, right? And of course, back then the games were Scrabble and Monopoly and we played all that stuff, right? And um, uh, Backgammon, which I still love of, of those, the only, only game I still love. But um, so coming along uh 16, I was, I have boyfriend and all that. And he said, you know what? I play board games and so do my friends and we want to play board games with us. And I'm like, oh, I play board games too. And then I realized that I'd never heard of the board games they played. And uh, worse yet, none of them were brailed. Right? And I was like, but this is really sad. I want to be able to play with them. And they were good friends and they decided that we were going to braille all the games so I could play them. And so that's how it started. And you know, some things are, you know, you, you have a relationship and you do the thing while you're in the relationship and then the relationship ends and you're like, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. Board games have stayed with me ever since. So I like the idea that you like kept the game and ditched the dude like that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> he is gone. <laughs> but, but the game stayed. It's true. I um, mean, yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I asked Mika if I could tell this story. So, Mika, if you don't want me to tell this story, you better say so now. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. If anybody <laughs> so, has a problem with it, it was some other Mika. I just want that, you to know <laughs> that it wasn't me. Um, so, the very first game we brailled because we wanted to start easy and we didn't know how this would work, you know. So, it was just me and a braille writer and my friends. So, there's this game and it plays uh, just kind of like Mealborn or 1000 Miles, whatever you want to call it. Except instead of, you know, being about car racing or whatever, uh, the game was called Grass and it was about selling marijuana. And <laughs> I had no idea. I was 16. And so you had in, instead of whatever it is now, uh, go or whatever, it was market open and there was market close. And you had all these, I don't even remember. I mean, again, this was a long time ago. The game was even sold in a burlap bag and... So it was just a bunch of cards, and all we did was braille a little bit of text on each card. And there wasn't much text, right? Because instead of miles, it was money and things like that. So you would just braille like 500 or 100 or 200. And so really, it was Mealborn just with a different theme, right? So that was uh, the first game I brailled. I mean, um, <laughs> I'm learning that the sheer like breadth and depth, the kinds of board games that are out there, and and just that you have to really make things your own. If you if you want to play, you have to figure out how to how to do it. That's very true. And it depends on, on how much and how hard you want to work. And you know, some of the games that are out there that I've brailed are very, very easy to braille, right? Um, I play a game called Diamonds and it's just the card numbers one through fifteen, you know, in, in the four suits. Uh Clubs, diamonds, hearts, and spades, basically. But there's a whole bunch of rules. Um, it's, so it's a, it's a trick-taking game, right? And you're trying to 
either take as many tricks as you can so that you get points at the end of each round or take no tricks in which you get points, different, uh, different types of points at the end of the round. And like many games that we play, the goal is the most points at the end of the game. So that one was easy to braille. It's 60 cards and you, it's one through 15 of each suit. And then you're done and you're ready to play, right? There, there was no trick to that. Uh, um, but then there are other games that I braille that are, are much harder. The next game I brailled back in the day was Diplomacy. And turns out I probably didn't need to braille it at all. We put Dymo tape. This is a big map that you lay on the table. And I think it's got 35 provinces or spaces. And they all connect like because it's a map of Europe right around World War One, And you're trying to take over the world. And so we thought, oh, we'll braille each space. And so I could see the map and I, I could see how all the different provinces connected, right? And this is a game that has no luck or anything. And so you're, you're trying to convince the other people that you're going to move to attack France when maybe you're actually going to move to attack Germany. So you're, you're just trying to convince everybody that you want to ally with them and then you're doing the best thing for you to try and take over the world. So we brailled the game. And then after I memorized the board, I never even looked at all that demo taped braille on the board. And I just remembered the layout of all the, the places. So that was that a game that so we didn't cool. <laughs> that is so cool. Like, I know you said it depends on how much you want to, like, how hard you want to work. Yep. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking it would really have to be a game that, like, really spoke to me. Um, because I don't know that I always want to work that hard. <laughs> and so I think it's so cool that you, that you do this, um, and that you have been gaming, like, you know, just making these mainstream games accessible so that you can, so that you can play them. I just don't always feel like I'm that ingenuitive, but I, <laughs> but I love that you do that. What's been the most complicated game that you have, that you've brailed? Mm, complicated. Trying to think. Probably Terraforming Mars. This is a game everybody told me I can't play because there's a board for the game where you can um, buy provinces on the board. And, and the more provinces you buy, the more bonuses you get for the rest of the game. But that's not the only part of the game. There's hundreds and hundreds of cards that you can buy. And, and basically, you're trying to be the, the person who best terraforms Mars into a livable planet. And it's a lot of fun, but you had we had to braille the hundreds of cards. And that took a lot of time, right? And I didn't want to have to look up all the cards to see what they did, because that takes time and it slows down the game. And Terraforming Mars is already a game that can take two or three hours to play. And so I wanted to have as much card information at my fingertips as I could. And so it took some time to figure out how to get all of that on the card. We don't actually braille cards anymore. Um, we braille card sleeves, and these are little clear plastic sleeves that you slide the cards into. And so you braille the card sleeve, and so I put a lot of text on the sleeve, and there are a couple of advantages to that. One, if you get it wrong, you just pull out another sleeve and retype the card. The other is that you don't damage the cards themselves. Some games have gorgeous, gorgeous art, and... So you don't want to damage those cards. In fact, years ago, I had, uh, there's, I don't know, has anyone heard of Magic the Gathering, Mika? Have yes. You? Yeah. <laughs> so I had an alpha set of Magic the Gathering. So an alpha set basically means it was the first set that came out. 
And someone had bought it, and I was at Oricon back in like 92 or 93, whenever this was. And Oricon is a Portland, Oregon science fiction convention. And I was there, and they said, you know, we bought this game, and we don't like it, so we'll sell you the complete set for 100 bucks. All right. Okay. Yes, sure. So I brailed all those cards, and I brailed directly onto the cards. Okay, and you think, well, that's, that's fine. Well, turns out that some of those cards were seven or $800 a piece. No! And they lost all their value because I had brailed on them. Oh, oh no. I was so sad. So uh, that's your lesson in why do I use sleeves, right? That, uh, yeah. <laughs> now, most games will never rise in value like that. And, and, but it was just, it made me so sad. Oh, <laughs> no. Especially because by then I was a young college student at the University of Oregon, right? And money, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my word. Oh, Nancy. Well, when you were talking about that Mars game, I figured figured out what would make me braille a game. And it would be if someone was like, well, you can't play that. And so that would just for me be like, okay, well, game on. (laughs) Yeah. And, And that's exactly what happened, Mika. Here I am. I play all these board games and I felt like people were being i I don't know it it just felt like they were dismissing me right well you're Mm -hmm. no matter how good you are you can't play this okay why not and so i set out to solve that problem and uh, i now play terraforming mars regularly and have a good time with it um i finally won it's it's a tricky game to win um but i have won and and it was worth it So Yay, that's awesome. I would definitely play this in a like a browser-based form because this absolutely sounds like my jam. Yeah, it, it, it's a lot of fun, and it would be nice if it was if it was browser-based and we could play. I'm I'm sure there's an app out there. I haven't looked at it because what happens with me and apps is I go out there and like, oh look, Pathfinder or Terraforming Mars is out there, and of course they're not accessible. Yep. Right. Yeah. Then I get mad, and so now I've just stopped looking. And. And then oh. some, if, if it's accessible, somebody, somebody will tell you. That's like someone in your circle right. will let you know. Yes, yes. So um, two recent stories about that. One of my favorite board games is Dominion. And Dominion has hundreds and hundreds of cards. And each game is different because you only use 10 of those cards each game. Um, they're each 10 stacks of 10, right? And so you're buying cards and trying to build them into different combinations in your deck so that at the end of the game, once again, you score the most points. That's the goal. Well, um, I have every single Dominion card except for three promo cards that have come out like at conventions and stuff that I haven't been able to collect, right? So I play it whenever I can. And recently, a friend of mine said, did you know Dominion was accessible? And I went and tried it out and I'm like, you're wrong. I can't make it work. And he's like, here, I'll show you. And so we tried and I could not make it work with JAWS. And so here's one of those times when I have to concede it works great with NVDA. So I want to change. Naturally, right? Uh, yes. So I want to go to VFO and say, hey, you know, never mind. We never mind. I, I, I use JAWS every day at work and I love it. But it seems like it that it should work in both. Uh, yeah, but work and, and play. Yes. And so I was very. Uh, so now I am using NVDA and I never thought I would. So I'll, I'll check you out, Nancy. <laughs> Yes. All right, I have a couple more questions to bug sure. you with before I open it up to other people. Sure. And Shannon, I will be putting you in the hot seat in a moment, so be ready. Um, <laughs> so you go to a lot of different conventions. 
and play games there. Have you ever had any kind of pushback for using like your braille, your braille versions of the, of the games? And is it that everybody uses like their own cards or do you just come in and if someone gives you trouble, you're like, okay, listen, we're playing this with my cards. So y'all are just going to have to sit down and be quiet and I'm here, which let me tell you, I'm absolutely for that, for that option. I tell you, no, I approve of that option wholeheartedly, but how do you, how do you, um, make that space for yourself so that it is something that you can do and that if you deal with, and how do you deal with any kind of pushback? Because you would think that gamers would want everybody to participate and, and play and all be on the same playing field. You would think. And for the most part, I've had no problem. So um, typically I go to a convention and I bring the games that I want to play because, of course, I can't just sit down and play at somebody else's table if their game isn't Braille because that won't work. And then I set up at my table and I lay out a couple games I want to play. And people, if they walk up and people are very sociable, the board gamers are generally pretty sociable. They'll walk up and I just say, hey. Um, you know, my game's brailled so that I can play. And I have never had someone walk away, right? They're like, oh, that's cool. Occasionally, I get tired of the, they think they're being cute. Oh, look, you're playing with marked cards. And I'm like, yeah, so are you, right? They Because the cards have pictures and words on them that they can read. Yeah. So, um, if they get snarky about it, um, I was in two tournaments at a game convention last year. And um, one of the players did comment on that. And I'm like, fine, I won't shuffle. So I'll only touch the cards that are in my hand. Right. And that, it, and then the, he, he got really quiet and then it wasn't a problem. Right. Um, so, but that's for board games. That's the worst of it I've had. Um, generally people just sit down and play. I've, um, I've had a really good time. The only time I've had a problem at a convention that I can remember was actually a role-playing game. Um, the way that convention worked is you signed up for a game in advance. And so there were eight slots and the eight of us showed up expecting to play. And the GM looked at me and he's like, I don't know how to deal with you. And he ignored me for the rest of the time. Well, he just, he clearly ignored me and he was going to do it all the sessions. So I left. Um, that was, that was the worst time I had, but other, other GMs at that same convention were just fine. So you know, I want you I, to take me to these conventions with you because <laughs> I'm here to tell you that I have a big mouth. <laughs> they probably don't want to take me. They might not let you come back to the <laughs> table because as soon as someone said, I don't want to deal with you, yep. I know how I am and I would absolutely double down and, <laughs> and you'd probably have to drag me away. Like, me stop it. <laughs> and you, you, you know how I am because I'm like, I don't want to ruin everybody else's fun. Oh, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I just... I do. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, yeah. I, oh, gosh. See, you're so gracious. <laughs> uh, and I figure, you know, that's one time in all the years. Mika, yeah. That's, and so for me, you know, fine. I noted that GM's name down and I would never sign up for anything else of his. And I did um, pull him aside before I left and told him I thought he was being extremely un- ungracious and that, you know, I didn't appreciate it. He didn't really have anything to say. He just, you know. Well, I hope he gets bad dice rolls for the rest of his life. Me too. <laughs> but, but you're typically not going to fix someone like that. No. And chances are that even if you 
played, if you did get to play, they would probably just make your gaming miserable. Exactly. Anyway. So, yep. But I'm still here to yell at people for you, Nancy. I just Thank want you, you to know. I'll bring you with me next time then. I have a skill. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon. Yes, ma'am. So, so Shannon goes to visit Nancy usually at least once a year and always comes back with stories of all the games that either she's gotten to play or that she has witnessed. And so Shannon, I wanted you to tell people what some of your favorite games were that you've played with Nancy and maybe ask Nancy a question. So I have to say like my other favorite story about that convention she went to a year ago, um, which I also was at, she took me with her to that one, um, was that we played in two tournaments. And one was for a game that, uh, one was for Diamonds, which she's already talked about, which is a game that I really like because I like cards and spades and all those trick-taking card games. And um, there are like a few more fiddly little rules with Diamonds, but it, but it, you know, I, I like that kind of thing. And I'm, I'm not horrible at it. So, um, but, and then the other game we played was one, uh, what was it called? Was it called Nevermore? Nevermore? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, and this is the thing about Nancy. She'd never played Nevermore before until we, bra- well, she had it brailed, but we hadn't played it until that convention. And then there was a tournament for it. So we learned how to play. Um, and then we played in this tournament, which was like an elimination style thing. And I got eliminated pretty quick. (laughs) I think we did a practice round. And then after round two (laughs) in the real tournament, I was out. Um, but Nancy hung on and she was playing with these two guys who were so busy, like trying to, to wave their testosterone at each other that she wiped the floor with them. I did. Nice. (laughs) I won that tournament and I have a trophy. (laughs) That is awesome. I think she won second place in the, in the diamonds one too. (laughs) I did. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I, you know, I think I get very overwhelmed sometimes with a lot of games with, uh, like lots of strategy plus lots of pieces. Um, so I, I, you know, I like diamonds. I like the card, the, Nancy has, has, has reintroduced me to lots of card games. Um, she taught me to play Pinochle, which I'm still is, am convinced that somebody was completely drunk when they made up the rules for that game because they're, they're, they do make sense, but I don't know why anybody would think that those should be the rules of this game. But also, she's introduced me to a game on Print and C's Playroom. I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks back on one of these calls called Citadels. And you are trying to build up your cities with different kinds of quarters and you play different characters and the characters all have different things that they can do. Like they can destroy somebody else's city or they can swap cards with somebody or murder somebody else's character so they can't play that turn at all. And this sounds like my kind of game. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I like that game a lot. I didn't think I would. But then Nancy finally got me to play it in person, and now it's on Quentin C's game room, and it's a lot of fun. And then the other one I really liked was uh, one called Sentinels of the Multiverse, which is oh, a yeah. <laughs> which is a cooperative game. So you're not playing against other people; you're playing with um, other people to um, 
like defeat this villain and you have like the villain has it has a, has its turn and also like the environment around you so like if it's if you're on like a planet with lots of ice and whatever like it could be like okay well now it's gonna snow and you have like a penalty toward all these things and i like that one because you're working with other people and that's kind of fun and if you have a good group of people that you're playing with that are like not gonna hog all the glory that, that can be a lot of fun and the other one i would mention is called shadow hunters which is kind of the opposite of that you are playing either a hunter a neutral person or a supernatural creature and the hunters are trying to kill the supernatural creatures and the supernatural creatures are trying to kill everybody and the neutral people have their own kind of win conditions and you're all it's the opposite of that because you're each trying to win the game and you have to figure out who your allies are because like if you're a hunter and there are eight players or there are eight potential players in that game so there are two hunters two shadows that which are like the supernatural things and two neutrals i might have that wrong that's only six um three it's three three hunters three shadows two neutrals two, yeah yeah i knew i knew it was eight so you have to figure out uh like who your allies are because if you're a hunter you don't want to be killing your other hunter and um so there's a lot of like bluffing and kind of strategy involved because you don't want people to know what you know <laughs> I'm not very good at it, but I really like it. <laughs> and then I, I guess I would, my question is, um, I, cause I know I played with you when you have tried out a game that you brailed and it didn't end up being playable. Are there ways that you can tell? I mean, obviously there, there are some things that are probably pretty obvious that you can't play them, but, it, but are there things that you can look for when you're going to purchase a game that, that lets you know whether something is going to be playable or not? Sure. I, I'm actually do a lot more listening to podcasts and reading reviews now before I play. And so um, there's a, a podcast in particular um, called The Dice Tower that reviews games that they've played. And they don't review it thinking, hey, we're going to talk about how it works for blind people. But they, in describing the game, they give me a lot of indications as to whether it's going to work or not. So one thing I look for, um, there are games that they call tile-laying games. And these are games where maybe you have to place tiles on a map and you're trying to build mm, the best connected this, that, or the other thing, city or library or kingdom or whatever. And I know that that's a weak point for me, right? Um, those are hard to braille. And because it, it, I, I just don't have the desire, like Mika said earlier, you know, that's not something that resonates with me. And so if it's a tile laying game, I will probably not bother with it um, because it's very hard to make accessible. Um, I don't like abstract games. Chess is an abstract game where basically you have a board and you're, you're trying to beat the other person by following this, this arcane set of rules, right? This piece can do that. Um, you know, uh, this turns into a queen only on alternating Fridays and, and things like that. And I don't like those games. So if they talk about an abstract game, I'm probably going to rule that out. Not everyone has to make these decisions, by the way, but those are, are things that I look for. Um, if I know it uses a lot of cards, cards I can do oftentimes very well. And so 
I'll look at those with a bit more interest. Um, dice games um, or games where all of the information is public, right? So that I don't have to worry about maybe I need to ask the person sitting next to me, what did that die roll, right? That's fine, right? Um, and so I might look at those games and say, well, let's, let's see if this is interesting. I also like a, a, a game that has a theme I'm interested in, right? So uh, I tend to like fantasy games. And so if it has a good fantasy theme, I'll, I'll look at that more closely than maybe uh, a military game. So those are the kinds of things I tend to look for. Um, yeah. And, and the other thing I would say to you is look at reviews. Um, cause I don't always get it right. We were in a store one day and we bought this game called Mysterium. And I thought this'll be cool. You're, you're trying to give clues to the other players so that they can solve a mystery and they're trying to solve the mystery. And, and I think if I recall, right, you're trying to stop them. But a lot of that game is very visual, right? And so it turned out after I opened the box that I couldn't figure out how I could ever be the clue giver because I, I, there was no way I could braille the cards in any way that would make sense. Um, also, there are games I like, like Codenames, right? Which is uh, you have 25 words on the table and you're giving your team clues to say the words that are your team's words, but not the other team's words, right? Well, that's all fine, but I bought, I think it was codenamed Disney, and for, found that all the cards for Disney were pictures. And so um, that didn't work out so well. Oh, no. Yeah, because what people would do is maybe they'd look at the cards on the table, and they might say hats, right? And you would look at it and say, well, maybe they're talking about all the characters who are wearing hats, right? But there's no real way to braille everything about a card in about a picture, right? That that some other sighted person might focus on. And so that one didn't work out for me. So it's it's not a foolproof uh process as Shannon says. It's there there's sometimes a trick to it. I don't think that I even knew that board <laughs> honestly, I don't think I even realized that there were fantasy style board games until I started talking to you, Nancy. <laughs> because oh. like when I grew up it was Scrabble Monopoly, you know, and I always fell asleep before we bought the houses. And I've still to this day, I've never bought a house <laughs> in Monopoly because I Me always, I know, I always fall asleep before that round or, or like the game is just over or whatever. And I just like, we've been, we've been playing Monopoly for five and a half hours. Why, why are we doing this? I don't even want Parkway anymore. I don't want the stupid boulevard. So. <laughs> So I have I've never purchased a house on in Monopoly at all. And I played I tried to play chess, I'm horrible at chess. I'm I'm a real simplistic kind of gamer. Connect four. You know <laughs> checkers. <laughs> so I didn't I never knew that there were all these different like styles of games just like books you know that you could that you could play and now I'm just like that is just so that is so cool and I always look for apps of a fantasy you know like of a fantasy nature um I'm gonna tell people how to raise their hands and I'm gonna ask my question Matt are you ready I am okay so if you if you have a question for Nancy it is if you called in on your phone on, with using a keypad, it's star nine. 
if you are using the um, the Zoom app on your smartphone or tablet, it's in the lower right-hand corner of the phone. You double tap on more and then double tap on raise hand. If you are using your PC, it is Alt-Y. Oh, my God. I finally got that right. I have screwed that up every time I try to tell people. And <laughs> if you're on a Mac, it's Option-Y. So my question to you, Nancy, is let's say I wanted to, like, I found a game and I wanted to take this on with, or, you know, or I want to find a game and take on the brailing of it and things like that. Like, I know that you said that you check reviews and things like that, but what is, what is like your first go-to? What is your first thing to check out to know if it's going to be something that's going to be, um, a workable solution? And how can someone who has probably never had any experience start doing something like this? I would probably do one of a couple things. I'd start out with Board Game Geek. It's www.boardgamegeek.com. And that's where you see lots and lots of reviews and people of all persuasions review it in all kinds of ways. And is it a good three-player game? Is it a good four-player game? Is it a good strategy game? Is it a good card game? Right. And then they record their plays and sometimes they describe their sessions of play. I'd also look for reviews. Again, I tend to favor the Dice Tower reviews, um, but you can just Google up the board game. So I might, you, know, you could do Dominion reviews, right? And or if you want to make sure you're getting Dominion, you might say Dominion board game reviews. And it comes back and you can read the reviews. Um, some of them are audio, some of them are written, some of them are video, but the audio is usually fine. Um, one guy just opens the box and dumps the entire contents on the table so you can see all the components. Um, but And that part doesn't help me so much. But then he describes in detail how the game is played. And that's Tom Vassell, by the way. And um, and then he describes how, how it works. And that usually gives me enough to know whether it's going to work or not. Um, I then might look at 64OunceGames.com. You had uh, Richard and Emily on here a few weeks back. Yes, they were awesome. Yeah, they were. And I might see if they have an accessibility kit. I don't always buy their kits. Um, I Sometimes it's just easier to do it myself. But I know that if they've made an accessibility kit, that seems to suggest that um, there's hope for the game. But I have more games than they have done, so that's not... Um, that's not always foolproof. So usually I just start with the reviews. And then I will often, if a game has lots of card text, so Shannon mentioned Sentinels of the Multiverse, because I can work with a reader. I have a reader that comes for a couple hours every week, and typically all I use her for is reading board games, right? But I try to maximize her time. So Sentinels of the Multiverse, I went to the manufacturer and I said, hey, do you have the card text for all the cards in the game? And they said, well... We do, but it's in this kind of visual database format, and we don't know how to extract it for you. But we would have no problem if you reached out to the fan community and see if they can help you. And so I did. And the fans came together and provided me all the card text for Sentinels for every single card. Oh, wow. So, oh, yeah. I, I was just delighted. So so that meant I didn't have to braille all that. I didn't have to work with a reader to go through every card and write down the text, and it saved me hours of work. Right? Oh, my gosh. Uh, there's another huge game called Legendary. It's a superhero game. Both both Sentinels and Legendary are. So you, you're playing characters with superpowers. And it also had a ton of card text. That one, somebody had already put the card text all out on the web. And so I just grabbed that file. And once again, I didn't have to write it all down. Games like Dominion and Magic the Gathering, 
there are wikis where you can look up the card text, right? And so that's awesome. That's yeah. So a that's, heck of a lot of more access than like. 15 years ago, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And it's a lot better now because even when I'm brailing, back in the day, I brailed with a slate and stylus. I was so dedicated to this and I didn't have the money for a braille writer. And I don't know where the old one I had went. And But I was getting blisters all across oh, my, my palm from the, the stylus, right? And from the, the high volume brailing I was doing. So finally, of all places, I bought a braille writer on Amazon. Go figure. And that made my life much better. When you, the next time that you come to Washington, um, I'm going to be like, okay, let me game with you. I'm a newbie. Be gentle. (laughs) I will bring you something really cute to play. We have a game game that my grandkids like called Cat Lady. And you're trying to collect the most cats and make them the most well-fed cats and have costumes for your cats. This is right up my lane. Oh my God. Yes. And so we will play Cat Lady. You, me, and Shannon. Yay. Join us. Yay. (laughs) All right. Nat, do we have any raised hands? We do. Ryan, you should be able to unmute. Hey, Ryan. I'm Ryan. Uh, I'm a fellow blind board games enthusiast here to uh, show moral support for Nancy. Thank you. Yay. (laughs) Do you have a Uh, question for her? I don't. I just wanted to make the comment that I'm here um, waving the blind board game enthusiast flag. Well, we're glad to have you, Ryan. Ryan. That's awesome. All right. Anyone else? Mika. Yes. Yes, I can. This is Donna. I thought I raised my hand, but apparently I did not. Um, Ah. But hi to all of you. It's really good to hear your voices, all three of you ladies and Ryan. Um, And so I've really been enjoying the show. Mika, next time anybody messes with me, I'm calling you, right? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Call me. I got this. (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, Shannon and I am absolutely going to check out Citadel. Um, see if I can learn something new. Uh, so thanks for that tip. And Nancy, you sound wonderful. Um, you should public speak all the time. You sound lovely. You have a a great voice. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, I've just been enjoying, uh, listening to, you know, all the ways you came up through your games and how you choose what you like. Great information. And, um, just wanted to say that as a girl from the 70s, I really appreciated your initial game of uh, grass. So thank you for sharing that. That was hilarious. <laughs> but anyway, so so good to hear from all of you. And I have really enjoyed this show. Oh, thank you, Donna. Thank you. We're glad you're here. So, and Nancy, you know that from these calls, we've had like we've had gaming labs that have come up and things like that. And those have been incredible. So I feel like people are just learning so much about like different options for gaming that maybe we haven't even really considered before. Has anyone done a demo of like Citadels? No, you know, not yet. And we're not doing gaming labs yet, but I think that would be a great idea when we start when we start doing them again. And I know I want to play. I want to play that game. That sounds really awesome. Yeah, I would be happy at some point uh, to do Citadels or my newest obsessions, Dominion and Slay the Spire. And Slay the Spire, I think you'd love, Mika. What is Slay the Spire? Because I've seen that kind of band, band, um, bandied around on Twitter, but I wasn't sure what it was. So Slay the Spire is a game where you start out with a small deck of cards and your goal is to climb the spire level after level 
defeating different monsters and getting better cards in your hand and you're gathering treasures and gathering weird abilities and magic items called relics. And your goal is to get as high up the spire as you can before the spire kills you. And, um, you know, so you're, you're fighting different monsters and trying to come up with different strategies. And it's a lot of fun. It is weirdly accessible um, because somebody, it's a, it's a game that you would buy on Steam. And then some kind of developer uh, modded the game so that when you play cards, it, it reads what you played and it reads how the monster was affected. And anyway, it's it's just awesome fun. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've never gotten the game off of Steam before. Me so. either. This is my <clears throat> first. So I think we're going to have to do that in this household. And I think I just saw my bestie slip in here. Pika, you do have another raised hand. Okay, go ahead. Three, one, four. You should be unmuted and get to go. I think that's going to be Allie. Allie. It's Al- it oh, yeah. is Allie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know that this is mainly about board games. So I hope that you don't mind me asking this. But just out of curiosity, do you play anything? Well, first of all, Nancy, do you use an iPhone? Yes, I do. Do you play anything on your iPhone? And if you do, what do you like? Oh, I played one game on my iPhone. And oh, my friend Jane is going to kill me because now I can't remember the name. Oh, I just. Anyway, uh, yes. And now I'm trying to think of what it is. And I have to flip through all the games on my iPhone to go figure it out. <laughs> um, you're, you're talking with this person. Um, you're in different worlds and you're telling him what to do. And oh, time crest. Yes, thank you. You're I welcome. Knew you would know. <laughs> and I adored that game. I even spent money on it because I would. I didn't want to wait. I was so impatient. I wanted to know what was going to happen soon. So, um, I was one of the addicts who played Time Crest incessantly. Um, I wanted to play other things on the phone, but none of them really grabbed me the way Time Crest did. So. I think there's a second game out now that I need to go play. We actually have a gaming lab um, recording up of a demo of the Time Crest game, and a lot of people really enjoyed it. I, I know I've had it on my on my phone, and I've always been meaning to kind of get back to it because it definitely sounds like the kind of game that I would like. It's awesome, and the developers, I think, I, I felt like they did a wonderful job to make it accessible. And uh, there's another game that the developers went out of their way to make accessible, uh, King of Dragon Pass and its successor. Um, But I never actually ended up playing King of Dragon Pass. I bought it and then just never actually sat down with it. So, but I hear it's beautiful. Um, And so those are the two. Six Ages, right? Yeah, Six Ages is the successor, I think. Yeah, the second game in that series. So uh, they're great games. I don't know. I just, they're accessible and they should be right up my alley. I just never sat down and played. Very good. Well, oh my gosh, Nancy, I'm so glad you came to join us. This has been fun. You know, you're just going to have to come back to every call now, right? I know. <laughs> Our party night. <laughs> yeah, this is this is better than what I'm going to do when we eventually get off the call, which is go sign on to work and. Oh gosh, I'm, I'm on call the thought. Tonight, so. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have no life. <laughs> Cindy, did I see you? 
Did I see you? You did. I'm here. Yeah. All right. Hi, Bestie. Hi. <laughs> I couldn't miss the show. I mean, this time together, you know, so it's like uh, my <laughs> word. So as soon as I could, I was here. Yay. Nancy's going to talk about Sorry, Brantley. I missed She's you, Nancy. But... Wow. Okay, Cindy. Yeah. It, but truth be told, it's probably not anything that I'm interested in. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm glad others are. So, you know, <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I don't know, Cindy. I, I think you'd be good at like at something like Diamonds, which she talked about, which is a trick taking card game. If, if oh, you, you know, yeah. <laughs> stuff you like th- that. Are you saying I'm tricky? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I would play against you in hearts. <laughs> I do like cards, though. I do. <laughs> And, and that's what I would say is if you're going to start brailing board games, one of the, the pieces of advice I'd give is start with something small and, and straightforward, something you're going to like. I've, I've brailed my share of card games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just just start with things that are maybe they have a theme you like or um, I, I grabbed a simple card game the other day called Skull King. It's got pirates and all sorts of stuff in it. And each of the different pirates has different rules for how they affect <laughs> it's It's fun, right? And it was easy to braille. So, and so thank you so much, Nancy. Oh, sure. And Cindy. Yes. Well, don't say it that way. <laughs> I just kind of heard it. I heard a little attitude in that. <laughs> but yes, Mika. <laughs> she said in that tone of voice. Yes. Yes. So I want you to, Tell people about tomorrow. Oh my goodness, we're going to have so much fun. We are calling it Saturday Night Live. And tomorrow's version of Saturday Night Live is going to be Word Pong, an interactive game. And so join us. You will be in the audience. And those wanting to play can raise their hand. And Mika is going to be assisting us. She's going to be like our, I guess, like our Vanna White or something. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Vanna, Mika, you know. And she's going to, so she's going to promote people to panelists, two people at a time, and and you're going to choose a number, and that number will have a category tied to it, and we will ask the question, and one person will go, and then the next, back and forth, you guys will give answers to that question, and as soon as somebody either goes more than three seconds without responding or duplicates an answer or we we determined that the answer had nothing to do with the question <laughs> at hand. You'll hear an eh, and you will go back to attendee and the other person will stay as the winner and they will be uh, stay ready to go into the next round. So that's how we're going to do it. It's going to be fun. It will be an elimination. And uh, we're just looking forward to having a lot of fun. So Wendy David, who is often on these calls, is going to uh, join me. And we're working on some great categories. I will be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) I am too. I'm so excited. I think it's going to be fun. And I'm hoping this becomes a once a month activity and we come up with new different ways that we can do some competition and have a good time. So, yeah. 
So get your best, uh, your, your best snack and maybe adult beverage or any <laughs> beverage. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, join us. So, so what time is that? Is it it's at uh, nine what? Eastern? Okay. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, if you're if you're not already subscribed to our email list, um, that we'll be sending out the link on the email list tomorrow morning. Uh, but uh, you can either join the email list or maybe make it with be willing to share the link with you but we would love to have you nancy so if you wanted to join us that'd be great and it's gonna be a lot of fun it sounds like it uh may i make one small announcement it's about the i just want to say if you're interested in blind board gaming uh if you maybe have questions about how to braille board games or if you're already doing it and want to talk with other people about doing it um we have a blind board gamers list it's bbg at groups.io. So BVG plus subscribe at groups.io will get you there. We would be happy to have new folks who want to know more about it. And I'd love to get together one day and, uh, you know, play uh, some of these games with a big group of people. So that would be fun. If you have ideas on ways to do that, we would love to hear from you about that because we're trying to find ways to adapt games that could be played in in groups, whether it's in rounds or, you know what I mean, but over Zoom. So if you, you might ideas, also look at great. you might also look at wits and wagers. That's a lot of fun. And I totally you're asked a was. you're have asked a question, and the answer is a numerical one. And so each team comes up with their answer, and then you bet on the answer that's closest, and you get points based on your bet. And so you play it in teams. And wow, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and. It has lots of questions, and I've seen it played in groups at convention and things like that. So, right, wits and wagers, wits okay. and wagers. Yep. All right. Well, thank you. And um, Cindy, could you yeah. also just mention the Facebook group? Yes, that's <laughs> at 481 members right now. Wow, got it to 500, so I can make my first post. Um, uh. So, uh. You can join by going to, I should know this by heart, but it's, if you go to groups, it's ACB community. So two words, ACB community. It's also connected to our ACB national Facebook uh, page. And um, yeah, I'm going to look it up really quick so I can tell you. And that group is hopping. Like everyone it is. is so it's happy. It's so amazing. Yes. Each other and people are asking questions and introducing themselves. And it's, it's just, ugh, my heart, my heart is happy. Okay. So the email or the web address, if you want to go directly to the, this group is facebook.com slash groups slash ACB community, like real tough, right? So <laughs> facebook.com slash group slash ACB community, and you'll find us and please join in. And, you know, one of the things that I've heard from people is they don't want to join because they're afraid they're going to be inundated with a lot of posts from that group, but you're, you're really not unless you go and check them out. Um, so that's what I really like about it is, you know, you can go to that group. And and then check on it, check it out, and read through some of the posts. And uh, I just think it's been pretty amazing. And a lot of people, it's not just obviously 
our core group of, you know, people that are coming on the community calls regularly, but a lot of new people. And I think a lot of new people are also coming to our community uh, events because of it. So and you great, don't great have call. to be an ACB member to absolutely community group. No, we want you to check us out and find out what makes us tick and learn about us and hopefully want to join us. You don't have to be a member. All right. Thank you, Cindy. You're welcome. And let's hurry up and get to 500 so she can post. Yes, I'm so <laughs> anxious to post, but I told myself I was going to wait till we got to 500. And this just got started on Monday, Monday. right? Yes. So, so four days. Four wow. days. I'm going to make 19 yeah. Facebook accounts. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Because oh. oh. I won't approve them. No. <gasps> wow. <Ooh. laughs> and on that note, um, <laughs> thank you all so much for tuning in to It's Playtime. Nancy, thank you. Thank and you for Matt, thank you for hosting. Of course. Happy to help. And Cindy, I'm yes. so glad you got to come on. Me too, and I survived. It was fun. I was at that California Council of the Blind convention. It was great, except for it was not in person. So, Aww. yeah, it was good. All right, everybody, have a great night and a great weekend. Bye, everyone. Bye. Good night, everyone. Bye.